Hey, Tim. Hey, Ash. Welcome back to Breaking the Fourth Wall, where we engage in stimulating conversations about ways we can promote positive change in musical theater. Hello to all of you listeners out there, and thank you so much for listening to us every single week. We are so lucky to have you along with us. And we are so lucky to have you messaging us and writing us um, in social media and contacting us to let us know your thoughts and your feedback about our conversations we are having here every single week. If you love listening to us and you would like some more conversations about these topics in musical theater, please go ahead, leave us a review and click those stars so we know that you're out there and that you're listening. What puzzler do you have for us this week, Tim? All right. I have a great one for you. How many musicals have won Pulitzer Prize for drama? And can you name them all? Well, don't say anything yet. We're going to circle back at the end of this episode. So what's in the news? Okay, this week in the news, um, the musical, which I know you're a fan of, The Who's Tommy, is going to have its first Broadway revival since it opened about 25 years ago. And when it was nominated in 1983 uh, for Best New Musical, did it win that Tony Award? I don't know. I'd have to check. Uh, I can't believe it's been 25 years since uh, it's even been thought of to revive this musical. It's a great show. And it's really a pioneer in the era of rock musicals. Not that it's the first, but it really was a trendsetter for a new style of musical theater back then. So it's going to return to Broadway in 2021. Details will be explained in the future and we'll keep you up to date. Also, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Taylor Swift, if you haven't heard it yet, have collaborated on a song called Beautiful Ghosts (laughs) that was written specifically for the upcoming film adaptation of Cats, the musical. Perilous night Their voices calling A flicker of light And this melody is going to be sung by the character Victoria the White, who's going to be played by Francesca Hayward, uh, whose journey introduces audiences into the Jellicoe Cats world. And I think Swift, is, uh, who's playing uh, Bombalorina in the show, is mm-hmm. going to sing her own rendition in a studio recording as well. Cool. Also, a new video just dropped on October 25th with Cynthia Arrivo singing um, an original song called Stand Up for this upcoming biopic about the life of Harriet Tubman. I've been walking with my face turned to the sun. And Cynthia Riva will be starring as Harriet Tubman in this film. There was just an article released in the New York Times. If you follow the New York Times or follow Facebook at all, I bet you have heard of this. Patti Lapone, who has been a Broadway star in many, many musicals. We know her from Evita. We know her from... Um, well, more recently on Broadway, War Paint. Mm-hmm. And then uh, coming to Broadway this season, uh, the new rendition of Company Revival. Yes. She has had a very, very long, successful career. Mm-hmm. And there was just a New York Times article that came out with an interview with her regarding her work in the business and specifically her collaboration experience with the late, great Hal Prince. Mm -hmm. This kind of came as a surprise to many of us. And I think it is a really great topic to talk about today. And I think that's where we want to lead into our uh, topic, a discussion about toxic environment, work environments in the theater place. 
we have all experienced them mm-hmm. at some time or another, either in uh, academia, in the professional world, in the regional theater world, in the Broadway world, in a studio world, wherever you might be out there right now working in theater or musical theater or even dance, we have all experienced some type of toxic environment. And so what Patti Lapone talked about was how she was bullied and why she keeps coming back to Broadway. So I just want to first start off to get us in this topic of a few quotes that came out of this interview. So in response to them asking her about her experience with Hal and what it was regarding Hal Prince that Mm -hmm. she had a really negative experience in, she said this, quote, Well, it was a rehearsal with the New York company of Avita after Harold Prince had just opened the L.A. company of the show. He started the rehearsal with a bullhorn turned up to 10, saying, the L.A. company is better than you are and now rehearse. Then maybe 10 minutes into it, he accused me of changing blocking. I went, no, you changed it in previews. An argument, this humiliation, ensued for the entire rehearsal. I ended up in a fetal position in my dressing room, crying my eyes out. Stage management came in and I said, why didn't you defend me? The changes were in the prompt book. They were Hal Prince's men, the stage management, and one of them said, oh, honey, he does it to all of his leading ladies. As if it were acceptable, this was a form of bullying, but you just go, okay, I never understood it, end quote. And many of you may be asking, you know, why didn't she bring this to light earlier uh, before he passed away or when when she had finished working on Evita, given the status that Patti Lapone has now? And I think what many people don't understand is the long-term psychological damage that uh, when you start out as a young performer, it can have a devastating effect on, and your concern for your, your reputation in Broadway can be, uh, it can be something that you're constantly worried about. And this idea of putting up with it has to stop. Absolutely. And I know that uh, I think both of us have mm-hmm. been victim to, in various capacities mm-hmm. in our past experiences performing, have been victim to various forms of toxic work environments, whether it be in um, in rehearsals or whether it be in um, in creative experiences. And I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And I know it's kind of like this elephant in the room that nobody really wants to talk about for fear of, you know, hurting their reputation. Right. Well, what what are we going to, what am I going to do if someone finds out or if I stand up to somebody or if I say something to somebody, what are, what's going to happen? And people do talk. And unfortunately, we are very afraid of losing our jobs. We're mm-hmm. very afraid of what somebody's going to say. And so, We don't talk about it. And here on this podcast, we like to break down those walls. You know, I'd like to hope that we were moving towards a more um, collaborative energy and a more positive work environment. I know that there are times when uh, there is uh, toxic environments that occur. But, um, you know, looking back at Patti Lapone's experience, it really is heartbreaking because it shows how this uber toxic energy was very existent in, you know, from the earliest days of musical theater all the way through still to the contemporary musical theater. And I think that's a problem. It's something that we have to address and we have to make known that uh, from a creative perspective, this is an acceptable behavior on how you treat your cast. Mm -hmm. There is a way to instill discipline and instill a creative and uh, forward-thinking progressive energy when it comes to the rehearsal environment without humiliating Mm -hmm. your cast. And I know as a director, there are many times when I say, you know, I really want to get this idea across about um, how to uh, better the rehearsal environment for my actors. But I don't think insulting them is the best way to go. 
Even though it's 2019 and, and we do say that we hope that this idea is changing, the, the problem is that it's really not. And I also want to make a point to say that it's not just men in power or no, men absolutely. in control. I very, very much understand that there are women out there that create an extremely toxic environment. And that is, so it is on both sides. It is not just men, it is women as well. And so my question is, because I'm sure everybody out there is going, yeah, I've experienced that as well. <laughs> Arr! What can we do to change the situation? And what can we do when we're in this situation? That's my question. <laughs> and these are fantastic questions to have. And they're often things I, I consistently think about, uh, both as an educator and as a creative director uh, and performer. Personally, I believe, one, as a director, I think that uh, we need to have... Um, we need to be open with our cast and we need to think about how, what are the most effective means by which we can communicate discipline to our actors without making them feel like lower class citizens, without making them feel uh, humiliated or embarrassed or singling out a particular performer. How can we make statements, important statements that need to be made in the rehearsal environment constructive and lift them up versus bring them down? And I, that is an old school mentality. It is. And we it both is came a up mentality. Yes. Break them down and build them mm -hmm. up. That does not it work It does anymore. not work with our new younger generation of young performers and, anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think it's a, a more um, productive way to work now than what we were even dealt with mm -hmm. because it made us really hard in a not a great way coming up in the industry. Well, this idea that we'd fear our professors and or we'd we did. feared our directors, you know, and I, I still feel that at times, you know, even yes. with my mentors today. Even I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so scared, but I, I don't want our, I don't want the, the folks coming up now in this industry to, to have that fear of talking to someone or to approach someone. And so what, most of the time, we're not going to change someone's mind that's already instilled this type of ethic, this right. type of work ethic. So what can we do on the other side when this happens and we're in that situation? What, how should we approach someone? How should we speak out? And what can we do without fear of losing our job? These are great questions, especially when you're working under a director that is of tremendous repute. Uh, someone like a Harold Prince or someone like or a mentor, uh, or a mentor even someone that so what what what, you know. what do we do? So what do we do? Uh, I think uh, at least in the union, I know that Patty Lapone brought this up. You know, she says uh, hindsight being twenty twenty, I should have probably contacted my union. Absolutely, uh, and that's why we have unions. That's why we have Actors Equity to protect our actors from toxic work environments, but also in the immediate. Your stage management team should be the first line of defense for you, I believe. Um, that's why we have a liaison that's always represented on behalf of equity within the cast. So also. look, for example, Pat even said, I went to my stage management and they didn't support me. And I think that's a real problem because I don't think stage manager has the obligation necessarily. Yes, they work and collaborate with the director, choreographer, or musical director, but also they have an obligation to protect their actors at all times. So if you go to the stage management and they're, <laughs> they don't help. <laughs> so where do you go next? Where do you go next? <laughs> then I mean, if you're a union, obviously you, you need to go to equity. You yes. need to, you need to let people know because imagine if you don't say anything, what's going to happen to the next person mm -hmm. and the next person after that? And I feel like, what do we do for non-union actors? Right. You know, how how do they have the, uh, take take responsibility and, and step up and say, this is wrong. This is not the behavior that I should exist in. Who I, do they go to? I Well, I think it's going directly if it is the director or if whoever it is, it's going, going to them and saying, hey, 
I wonder if I could have a conversation with mm-hmm. you. Because I always say to people, and I used to be really bad about this, about saying something in a negative light, is to have a, try to have a positive conversation first and saying, hey, can we have a conversation? I'm, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable or I wanted to get your feedback on this, this situation and I just don't quite understand, you know, what? Um, what you meant when you said it this way. And instead of just saying, you know, you are mean to me, which is what we want to say, but I think trying to have that positive conversation with them to see if maybe... You they can turn it into an educational moment for absolutely. them. Absolutely. You know, then maybe that, that balances out the relationship between the performer and the director of career for a musical director. Right. Maybe they just didn't, maybe they didn't realize what they were saying or they were having a bad day. We all have those days. And mm-hmm. we're like, oh crap, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I came across that way. I think to try to have that conversation because that opens up the door of, hey, I I see you. I understand that maybe you didn't have a good day or maybe I took it the wrong way. Can we really talk about it so that we understand each other before we move forward with anger or emotion? I think that's the best way to kind of approach it at first. I agree entirely. I also want to approach this also from the opposite perspective too. Uh, I know in many cases as an educator that um, there are there are conversations that I have had with actors that were brought to my attention and said, hey, Tim, uh, I want to address something. Or an actor came up to me and said, you know, can we talk for a moment on the side? This made me feel uncomfortable. Maybe something you had said. I just need clarification like you just mentioned. Absolutely. Uh, my hope is that directors, choreographers, musical directors, artistic directors alike, can all have and possess the humility to say, I hear you. Mm -hmm. And thank you for bringing that to my attention. And I'm going to do a little self-reflection on that. And let's figure figure out a way that we can move forward to be and to exist in a collaborative and constructive work environment. Mm -hmm. But it does take humility on the side of both, both, both sides. And that's my hope for all directors out there, artistic directors, <laughs> choreographers, musical directors. Don't be afraid to uh, to engage in a little bit of humility when it comes to your relationship with actors. And I promise you, it'll make your relationship with your creative, your cast so much more fruitful. And I think it's being able to say, you know what, I... I use the wrong tone or I use the wrong words. Mm-hmm. I have done that in my classes and my students are like, hey, you know what? We would prefer that you don't use that term or that exactly. word. And I'm and I'm saying they're going, thank you for letting me know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware or it slipped out the wrong way, but thank you. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize for it being like that. I feel like that changes the atmosphere. It doesn't make it, I am at the head and I am the director. No. It doesn't show weakness. It shows strength. It does. Absolutely. Uh, And it makes you equal to all those people around you that are working together for the same, for the same end goal. That's right. You know, it makes it a collaborative team effort. And I don't think there's anything wrong with just saying, you know, thank you. I didn't realize. And now we can move forward together as a team. That's right. And, uh, you know, I hope we move more towards that kind of collaborative energy because I think this younger generation of performers does not respond to toxicity when it comes from the leaders within a creative team. I don't believe that uh, yelling or humiliating or demeaning or degrading degrading, is not helpful. It doesn't work anymore. And you know what? We came up from that. And And I... I it technically didn't work, no, but I we still, thought it was normal. <laughs> I mean, just thinking about it now, I start to get a little PTSD from that experience, yes. you know? And I, I think back now, it's like that whole idea of deconstruction to build you back up again, to make you, you know, to build you up in their image yes. of what a, a great actor is, is not a healthy way. It was horrible. It was to, horrible. <laughs> to educate or to... to uh, 
to direct or choreograph or musical direct. Let's not pass that on to the younger generation, shall we? No, I think I think there's a much better way to go about uh, instilling discipline in our performers without creating that degeneration at energy. And I think another point to make is that what what can often happen these days is by a director or a choreographer or a musical director, whoever it is, demeans someone or says something extremely, extremely hurtful that's personal and not business, that can in the end cause a a catastrophe for an, an actor because mm-hmm. you don't know where they are. Because as actors, we are also vulnerable that we see suicides. We see... Well, perfect example is what happened in, in 2018 with a with a um, performer from the Broadway production of Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's really scary. It is. You know? yeah. And I think something to note is just to know, you don't know where someone is. You don't know what someone's going mm-hmm. through. And, and, and I even have to tell my, there are times that I did a couple of I, I don't, uh, situations that I thought, oh my gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. And we all make mistakes, mm-hmm. but how can I not make that mistake again? Or yeah. how can I not make that someone feel like that again? And even Patti Lapone says, quote, what Hal Prince did has never left me. It did many things besides humiliate me. It diminished my status in the company as the leading lady. He treated me like a stupid chorus girl. It was so demoralizing and defeating. He actually said, now who's going to win this argument? I said, you, because you're the director. He said, that's right, now sing. Evita was the thing that shot me to stardom. But when I say I didn't like the experience, that's one of the reasons. It was hard as hell. And can you imagine at that point where she was as an actress as a young actress Mm -hmm. you know aspiring actress that role shot her to stardom but the The experience experience was so negative that it's never left her and only now she's coming uh forward and and really bringing this to light and i think Mm -hmm. this is something that needs to be addressed and i and i i celebrate Patti Lapone for doing that because mm-hmm. it is a conversation that so many young artists are so afraid to have because they want to work and they want to stay employed and they're so afraid that if they speak up they're not going to get continued employment from a particular theater company. Is it worth it to stay in that job when you when it's an extremely toxic environment? Is it worth it? My answer would be no. No. And I am at the point in my career because we're older now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is worth it to stay in that toxic environment for a job for um, money it is it is happiness is so much more of an important part of our lives now than having this amazing role where your your experience is is so tragic and and torture and also i tell my students i I inform my students about you know when they ask me you know oh i'm interested in auditioning for this theater company or this show i always tell them i said ask around see what prior experiences have mm-hmm. been like by other actors under this particular director or choreographer or music Artistic director or creative or team. What's the experience like? Yeah. And it has it, was it toxic? Was there a culture of toxicity within the rehearsal environment? And if yes is the answer, maybe you think twice before going in and auditioning because you don't want to be a part of that culture. And hopefully my students hear that and they really take that to heed because it's a really important thing. Question to ask yourself is what kind of experience am I going to get myself involved in? Good conversation. Very important one. What's the answer to our puzzler this week, Tim? Okay, so let's repeat the question. How many musicals have won the Pulitzer Prize for drama? And can you name them? Maybe. <laughs> okay. So there's nine, right? That is correct. There right. are indeed nine. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a little more challenging. Let's okay. see if you can name them in chronological order. Oh geez. Okay. Oh gosh, my history students are like dun dun dun. <laughs> I know, huh? So the first one of course is of the I sing. That's correct. 
Um, what's the next one? South Pacific. South Pacific. Right, 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 right. Rogers and Hammerstein. Rogers and Hammerstein. Yes. And third one, Fiorello. Oh, right. That's Fiorello. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And then I always forget this one, but it's how to succeed. Yep. Yes. How to succeed in business. And then, of course, we have to talk about a chorus line. Yes, of course. Classic musical. Classic musical. I'll be directing it in the spring at Fullerton. And then Sunday in the Park with George. Yes. Stephen's Sondheim piece. And then, of course, Rent. Jonathan Larson's Rent. Yes. And then Next to Normal. That's right. And then... Hamilton. Yes, most recently, Hamilton the music uh, musical. Yes. So those are the nine that have won uh, the Pulitzer Prize for Best Musical. And we hope to see many more in the future. These are all important shows. So to all of our listeners out there, if you are in, in an environment or situation in theater that makes you feel uncomfortable, that makes you feel um, not safe not safe to take risks, that is a toxic environment, first off, please reach out and try to make a positive change. And then if you cannot find that positive change you need to be a well, a healthy person and human being, then perhaps find a path that's a little bit better for yourself. Make sure you are reaching out to people and talking to people and that you are asking for help because we all need a little extra help. All right. Have a wonderful week, everyone.